Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have another very interesting show, and we're going to deal with a subject that is so important to people all over the world, and that's food, and food for health, food for wellness, food for weight loss, uh, food for well-being, and how do we understand what's really good for us? The world is full of hype. There are about a thousand possible diets out there, each with its own unique promises and perspectives. Well, today we're going to be talking about this subject, but we're going to be talking about it from the point of view of something known as ketogenics. And for that, I have invited Stephanie Laska, who is the author of a really fun, really interesting, and actually very funny book that bends the rules everywhere you look to this particular approach to eating, health, and diet. And it's called Dirty Lazy Keto. And uh, I came across this and was so amused by both the title and then uh, the content and the woman herself that I found that it was really, really uh, feeding me, no pun intended here. And I thought I really wanted to share her knowledge and her perspective on this really important subject uh, with you all. Needless to say, health issues related to food, obesity, and the like have been just a rage around the nation and the world, especially because of the Western processed food, uh, super uh, quick, you know, fast food style diets, and uh, it's time to remedy that, and there are ways of doing it. And so when we come to understand more about the details of what Stephanie and others have come forward with, we can really get a handle on something that has just led to an enormous amount of illness and uh, actually even fatalities. So it is with great pleasure that I have invited Stephanie Alaska on. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Great to have you. Thank you for inviting me, Mitchell. This is quite an honor. So I appreciate that wonderful intro, and it sounds like you have such passion for the topic as well. This is something I could probably talk about all day from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. That sounds like it's just <laughs> as important to you. So it's really it an is. honor to be here and, and to have a fun conversation. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm very pleased to have you. I just want to say in opening here, as I mentioned, just to addend a little, Stephanie, you know, uh, the subject is charged with uh, so much uh, um, sometimes anxiety. How do I do this? Do I? Uh, what will I be deprived of? And all sorts of energy, emotional stress gets invested in the subject. And just, you know, to your credit, you treat it all with this light touch. And yes, you know, and I want to hear the story our audience does about what you personally dealt with and went through. And yet, it seemed like you did it rather smoothly. And I think that's a wonderful example for our audience and for people beyond. So why don't you start in and tell us a little bit about how you entered the space and what was going on for you and what happened? Wow. Okay. Well, I, I, 
I would hope that it was a smooth ride for me. I don't know if, if that's a completely uh, honest tale. I'm sure that there was a lot of um, ups and downs. But my my philosophy has it's been I don't want to – right, right. And I just don't want other people to make the fit I did. Um, I think that when we all want to change our lifestyle, um, it's hard. And trying to make big changes in your life, it can be, you know, full of anxiety yeah. and stress, like you mentioned. Plus, you worry yeah. so much, like, I'm going to have to eat horrible food, and I won't be able to have my favorite Diet Coke or low-carb beer, or I won't be able to have dessert. There's so many things that we enjoy in life, and it's hard to want to give those up. So I get that, and I can see why a lot of folks might be anxious about wanting to change their lifestyle. No one wants to eat a bunch of yucky food, right? It's really true. (laughs) Or feel hungry. You're reminding me, Stephanie, of a, a funny scene in Woody Allen's Annie Hall when he flies across the country. I don't know if you remember it because his girl, you know, Annie, moved to the West Coast and she was starting to take up an L.A. lifestyle. And he's a hard, you know, uh, die-in-the-wool New Yorker. He said, why would you want to go out to California where there are a bunch of sprout killers, you know? Like like all people do is sit around eating sprouts all day, you know? What happened to real food, you know? Anyway, please go on. What happened to you? I mean, your story is so riveting. Um, having been, you know, uh, admittedly obese yourself, and you went through a process. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, it doesn't happen very easily. I, I know if we all wish there was like a light switch. It could just flip on and off, and then our brains would go from, you know, like you said, wanting New York pizza to suddenly being in love with sprouts. I don't know if that really yeah. happens. Actually, he said not sprouts. He said, he said wheat germ, a bunch of wheat germ killers. Oh, wheat germ. <laughs> yeah. That sounds anyway, even worse. <laughs> Same difference, right? Right. Right, really. Well, for me, I mean, my story was probably similar to a lot of your listeners. Um, I've just really struggled with my weight my whole life. I mean, I remember being on diets in second grade, believe it or not, and being mm. um, bribed by my grandmother. If you can lose a few pounds, Steffi, I'll buy you a pair of Jordache jeans. And I remember that voice always telling me I wasn't good enough and I needed to really, you know, change my eating habits and deprive myself. And I wasn't good at the weight that I was. And that just kept going. I think it got worse as I got older. The more people told me what to eat, the less I wanted to eat that stuff. And it just got worse and worse. I probably at my highest weight, I was, you know, getting pretty close to 300 pounds, I was weighing, um, I think it was called the morbidly obese class three category on the BMI scale. I was wearing size 24, 26 clothing, like a 3X or a 4X at Walmart. And How tall are you? I just, I'm five, well, that's funny in the book, I... I kind of share about how my whole life I lie about how tall I am, and I almost did it just now. Because <laughs> you know, when you when you're taller, you can weigh more, right? According to all the yes. charts. So my whole my That's whole life, I, I told people, I was, right? Yeah. And it was funny too, Mitchell, because I had to catch myself. Um, I've I've always <laughs> lied and said I was like five nine, five ten, you know, some kind of supermodel <laughs> height. But the truth is, I'm probably more like five seven and a half. <laughs> I see. You heard it first here in a better world, folks. <laughs> no, you've got the, the honesty truth. is always the best policy. <laughs> yeah, um, but honestly, so I just didn't 
didn't know what to do about it. I had kind of given up. I knew that it was mm-hmm. a problem, but I really didn't have like a serious health condition. I, I wasn't diagnosed with, you know, anything from a doctor that said, oh, you must, you know, urgently to save your life, go ahead and, and start losing weight. It was always mm-hmm. something I just put in the back of my brain. I was in denial about it. Um, but there was a, a moment that triggered me to really wake up. And I think that this could connect with some of your listeners and I'm willing to share my embarrassing or sad story. Um, but it was a couple of things. I was on an airplane headed to Chicago for a work meeting. Um, and you know, the plane was getting ready to take off and everyone's stowing their gear. And I went to snap my seatbelt and it wouldn't, it wouldn't click. I couldn't even get the strap oh. close enough to even think yeah. about clicking. And it had never happened to me before. I, I just couldn't believe it. I thought something was wrong with the seatbelt. I thought it must be snagged on something. I'm looking around left and right. And I couldn't for the life of me. It just, all of a sudden, I'm still in shock thinking about it. I couldn't get it to snap. I, it was because of me. I, was, I had grown so large that my shape wouldn't fit in the seatbelt. Oh, boy. So humbling. So humbling. It is. Thanks for sharing. But you know what? Thanks I was so sharing. embarrassed. The honesty of it. I was so, yeah. so embarrassed. I, I mean, I know that there's things you can do. I know you can ask for help or a seatbelt extender. I know that mentally, mm-hmm. but emotionally, I felt so just humiliated that I decided to hide it. And I took my jacket. It was cold at the time in Chicago. I took my big jacket and I folded it over my lap and hid the fact that the belt wouldn't clasp. And then I just pretended mm. to be asleep. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a moment. What a moment. Yeah. What yeah. a wake up. Very. Call. That's right. Yeah. You were. You would think that that would be enough. Of the real situation. Yeah. You it's would. Like, okay. You would. But uh, we all have our different thresholds for pain. Right. So. Yeah. What. What. So I think that, that was, was probably like, what. It was like a little wake-up no, call, like, you know, I've, yeah. I've really got to make some changes here. You know, and I, it, you would think that that would have been enough, but yeah. I think it was more like we've all heard about, oh, you know, you get tapped on the shoulder to pay attention in life, and then if you don't wake up, then a piano falls on you. Have you ever yeah. <laughs> some kind yeah. of expression? Well, they say you're given three tries. The first three one's tries. a little nudge. The second one's a harder tap, and the third one is, ah, yeah. And then, then it's all over. But it wasn't soon yeah. after that that I was um, at Disneyland with my young kids, and I went to get on um, Thunder Mountain Railroad with my son. He was very little at the time, but it was just tall enough where he could ride. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get in the seat, the, the, the uh, roller coaster car, and it was one of those safety bars that pulled down and snapped instead of a seatbelt, just like a bar. And it had mm-hmm. folded down in front of us, and I thought everything was fine. And then after the, the roller coaster took off, and we started zipping around hills and, and whatnot, all, all of a sudden I realized there was this huge gap between my little boy and the safety bar. And it was so, of course, it was oh, touching my stomach, I but see. nowhere near protecting him. Right? And then yeah. all of a sudden it was like my little boy was about to fly out of the, the roller coaster ride. Oh, and I just... I mean, I still remember that feeling. It was horrible. Yeah. I thought, 
I need to do something. You know, it's one thing, a seatbelt, okay, but now I'm putting other people's lives in jeopardy. This isn't a yeah. joke. I need to really Especially your own little out. boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of all people. So right? I think those two things together really just yes. got me going yes. where I needed to not be in denial and just try to figure it out. Yeah. Wow. We Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And then how did you turn toward the ketogenic approach uh, in light of all the many, many approaches there are, vegetarianism, veganism, raw veganism, um, on and on, the Mediterranean diet, uh, the Hollywood diet, the Atkins diet, you name it, there's a diet. Well, you know, there's well, so, like, so many like, choices. Like, I'm no pun intended, time. like Baskin Robbins, uh, you know, 36 flavors or whatever it is. 28 flavors? It's been a long time. Well, that sounds like a good diet if that is available. (laughs) (laughs) The ice cream diet. Um, But honestly, I had probably tried every diet you've ever mentioned, every diet anyone's ever thought of. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and they may work for like a little bit of time for me, but they always ended up failing, mainly because when things are very restrictive, I think it's easy to do for a short period of time. Um, But then the first bump in the road and you're like, forget this, you know, my girlfriends are going to happy hour or, you know, Uh, I'm upset because, you know, someone, I got in an argument with my husband or something. And then the next thing you know, you're turning to food. So I think I had to just kind of blaze my own trail at that point and take maybe some of the good and some of the bad out of everything I'd ever learned and just Mm -hmm. maybe try to listen to myself and see what would work for me. And I didn't really have a plan. I was in the dark just seeing what worked and what didn't work. And mm-hmm. thankfully, I, you know, used some of the keto diet principles. I don't think I knew the word at the time. I just knew I needed to eat differently and to maybe mix it up and try something that might work for me. But did you understand, Stephanie, the distinction between being a sugar burner and a fat burner? I mean, because that comes straight from the ketogenic, uh, you know, um, approach. I mean, that's a very specific distinction between it and things that are like it and your ordinary dietary approaches. Right. I mean, you're absolutely right. The keto diet is, you know, more fat forward, moderate in carbohydrates and, I'm sorry, moderate in protein and very low in carbohydrates. But at the time, yes. I don't think I knew what I was doing, just to be completely transparent. I, mm-hmm. I really, I'm not a nutritionist. You know, I want to make that clear. I'm not a doctor. I don't have any medical training. The only information I had was just from friends. And, you know, I'd see people, people having success, and I'd ask them questions what they're doing. But I, I had no clue what I was up to. It was like, okay, let me eat some more fat this week. Does that help me lose weight? Holy cow. I'm putting, you know, ranch dressing on salad and I lost a couple pounds. This is working. Like, oh my gosh, what if I put eggs or chicken, you know, more on my plate three times a day as opposed to rice or beans, what will happen? Mm -hmm. And then I'd have Mm -hmm. success. So it was really kind of a backward model. So are you saying that you you discovered that fat, uh, higher fat and lower carbs began to show up in your body? Is that as as being exactly. becoming smaller in short. Yes. It was like, oh my gosh, okay. you know, eat more fat, yeah. more protein, yep. I'm losing weight. This is crazy. How is this working? This is a miracle. Yes. 
I mean, I really, and it's funny too, when my, my friends hear about, you know, me sharing my story in the book, they'll laugh and say, you wouldn't tell us what you were doing back then. We kept asking you how you were losing, you know, 10 pounds a month. How would you do it? You would never tell anyone. And I'm like, that's because a, I thought it was some kind of fluke. Right. And I just was so worried that it would stop. And I felt a little embarrassed. Like I was doing something wrong. I think, um, For me, I grew up in the, you know, I was in high school in the 80s, and we were always taught fat is so bad for you. So I thought I was surely breaking some kind of rules. I thought I was going to get in trouble. Like, this can't work forever. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? can't be true, right. What happened to the low fat story? Yeah, I mean, I was eating like snack well cookies and, you know, going to Weight Watcher meetings and doing all the stuff that I've been told the opposite and then here I was eating bacon and eggs and even enjoying Diet Coke putting cheese on my vegetables or Alfredo sauce on on cauliflower like how in the world am I losing weight when I'm eating so well this is just ridiculous you are so funny you are so funny it's great though it's great so what you found was and then I imagine that afterwards you discovered and did some research and some reading, and you found that, in fact, the food choices you were making were actually scientifically valid. And it is part of, you know, what we refer to as the keto diet. And, you know, you got a little buttressing, if you will, behind the choices that you were making. Yes. And it was surprising to me because, like I said, I wasn't, you know, I'm not a scientific person. I'm not coming from that background. And I even joke about that in the book. I say, hey, I'm not going to go into a scientific explanation about any of this. Scientific. Because I think that's my favorite word, (laughs) the scientific. Because that's not my experience. I think what resonates with Dirty Lazy Keto, Get Started Losing Weight While Breaking All the Rules, the new book that just came out last Tuesday, But I think what resonates with readers is the fact that I don't go into all the science. You know, I give enough of an explanation in layman's terms, but really I'm just sharing how it worked for me and how that actually, what that actually looks like. Mm -hmm. So I think there's already a lot of books out there telling you how to do it. Yeah. As I asked. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I can't help the puns. It's just part of my nature. Oh. Just goes with the territory. <laughs> well, you have to have so a little please. fun with it, too. You know, weight loss is such a, a charged emotional topic, and, you know, we all have I such know. strong feelings. Like, just getting on the scale is enough to make everyone's blood pressure go up. So ah, if we're going to talk about these yeah. things, right, and, like, change our eating habits, we have to do so in a way that's more approachable because dirty, lazy keto is practical. It's doable for everybody. You don't have to, you know, buy expensive ingredients. You don't have to buy a bunch of organic or line caught fish. I mean, you can if you want to, but you can eat regular foods from Walmart or a regular grocery store and still lose weight. That's, I think, yeah. the beauty of this. That's where my yeah. my I mean, program, you know, my lifestyle differs. You're, you're right about that, but there are different levels of uh, attainable health and eating the way you're kind of describing may help people, in fact, will help people 
lose weight. But there are many more, how do I say, distinctions that we don't have to go into, which has to do with whether uh, fish is farm-raised or wild-caught or the veggies are organic or even the cheeses, for that matter, or raw or not. And we're not going to go into that kind of level. But just lay out what you found and what you think could be of value to to our listeners. Well, I think you're right. Like, there's different levels of health. And for me, I figured out that I didn't have to be perfect to be successful at losing weight. If someone had told me I needed to do things perfectly all the time and I had to follow such rigid rules or guidelines or only eat certain foods, I don't think I could have stuck with it for very long. I needed Mm -hmm. to give myself permission to eat in a way that's more flexible. Um, I feel like for me, the all or nothing mentality of being perfect all the time, it made me feel ashamed and guilty when I would make a mistake. And I, I, for me, I think this is why I've been able to keep 140 pounds off now for seven years is I'm, I'm not setting myself up for failure with so many strict expectations. So many rules. Were you a rule breaker as a child, Stephanie? Yeah. Or were you a good little girl? (laughs) I was always not doing what I was told. And now subsequently my children are the same way, which is very complicated. Now that don't listen, right? It's like yeah, these right. mini me's running around the house. Bless exactly their hearts. Right. You're doing what I used to do. Doggone it. <laughs> yep, that's not fair. That's very funny. But, but seriously, so what, what are some of the like... choices? What are some of the choices? I mean, by the way, just to say, I mean, and you don't know this about me necessarily, but I am a stress management consultant and holistic health practitioner and uh, holistic psychotherapist and counselor. So I um, am especially tuned in to the emotional stressors around things like food and not only the discomfort of the stress, but also the way that depresses our immune system and it changes our metabolism and it constricts our uh, blood vessels. You know, there's a whole, you know... um, biochemical and biohormonal cascade that occurs with uh, stresses. And food Mm -hmm. is one of those places that people get very stressed, as you were saying earlier and as we both know. So I think that's one of the things that attracted me to what you're doing. You were sort of taking that stress out through your attitude like, Look, folks, come on. Let's not be rigid about this thing. It's difficult enough as it is. Let's just get down to it. Let's have a little fun. Let's break a rule or two or three and still get results. I know you can do it because I did. I lost 140-some-odd pounds. My God, 10 10 pounds a month, you know. So that's a very, pardon the expression, like kind of, sexy allure for people like wait a minute if she did that i can too so i I think you just said it in a nutshell missile so you just summed it up much better than i could (laughs) oh i don't know (laughs) about that but thank you yeah yeah i appreciate that because it is true i mean you don't have to be perfect to be successful and i think dirty lazy keto is refreshing it's a different way to approach 
And a lot of people who are very strict with their keto or strict with their grocery shopping, they're attracted to this lifestyle and they want to read my book because it gives them permission to take a little day off once in a while. What if on the weekend, you know, they're at a ball game and they want to have a hot dog and, um, you know, a Diet Coke or a beer or something or a cocktail once in a while with their friends. That's okay. And that's normal. And you can still lose weight and keep weight off by enjoying, you know, little treats once in a while like that. It's kind of like buying, like you mentioned cheese earlier, buying, should you buy the shredded cheese that might have a little bit of, you know, artificial something in it, or do you have to grate it yourself? Well, what's the, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. you can do both and that's just fine. Or even grabbing a, you know, low carb protein bar once in a while, if you don't have time to make a healthy salad for lunch. That shouldn't make someone feel bad about themselves or ashamed and no. want to give up. And I think that's exactly. where I'm, I'm succeeding. Yeah. I think it's that's a real a very, you, real you've people. succeeded in your book very much at hitting that note, if you will. So what are the kind of choices that you would recommend to our audience, Stephanie? What kind of food choices? When you're, let's say, when you're being a bit stricter to the principles that you found work for you. Uh, what does yeah. that look like? And uh, give a recipe or two as well, if you'd like. Well, I could talk about food all day because that's my favorite topic. <laughs> well, let's at least talk about <laughs> it during the show, and we'll talk about it another yeah, time as exactly. well. So. Something that really scares people the most when they're wanting to make a change, for some reason it's breakfast. I think that's like the hottest topic. People are like, well, what do you eat for breakfast? You know, I'm, I'm so used to having, you know, granola or oatmeal or breakfast cereal. And I was always taught that's healthy. What should I have instead? And they may be totally surprised that you, you know, with Dirty Lazy Keto, I would go ahead and enjoy eggs and real bacon, um, you know, yeah. throw on some avocado, have full fat yogurt and, and mm-hmm. be put some nuts on top or um, a handful of blueberries or, or other fresh berries. And they're always so excited. Like I can have dairy. I can have fruit. Of course you can. Um, it's wow. just swapping out, you know, getting rid of those heavy carb things like bread on sandwich and using lettuce to wrap it instead. There's a lot of different yes. ways that we can be clever and still be healthy and not feel deprived. So in short, you're recommending and of course, this is a keto principle as well. But you're—I'm really paying more attention to the way you're shaping the whole thing, which is mm-hmm. you're dropping the carbs, the refined, processed—you um, know, white um, flour products, gluten products, pasta, grains, beans. And instead, you're going for fats and protein. Talk a little bit about what uh, what fat choices you make and which proteins ones you make besides breakfast. Sure. Well, one of my mottos that I love to say all the time to people is use fat to make healthy food taste better. And what I mean by that is instead of having like fat right. bombs or things that, you know, you might hear about with the keto diet with that's out there in the world. I say, you know, use all your fats, use your ghee, your mayonnaise, your cooking oils, your butter, um, even nuts. Um, Use those fats to make vegetables taste better. And then you're combining, you know, with the fiber and you're getting the healthy fat, you're going to fill yourself up and, 
they're not going to magically cause you, cause you to lose weight, but that combination helps you to eat less. And I think that's mm-hmm. a clear distinction that it took me years to figure that out. Like, am I losing weight because I'm having ranch dressing? No, that's not the case. I'm, I'm losing weight because I'm putting ranch dressing on a salad or on, you know, raw broccoli, or I'm, you know, using cauliflower florets to, to dip into like a hot artichoke dip that was made with mayonnaise and cream cheese. So using mm-hmm. the fats to make the healthier food taste better, it just fills you up, and then you're eating less food overall. Which and is you're a, also you know, eating less. Kind of a, but, but, you know, metabolically, I mean, I know you know this, uh, by eating fat, you when you don't have sugar in the body, because you haven't, sugar usually comes to us not from eating, you know, things like candy, although, you know, that's obviously sure. uh, sugar, but it's through carbs like breads, as you were saying, and pastas and rice and things like that. That's where the sugar, because that, of course, uh, converts into sugar immediately upon touching your saliva, no less. So right. the elimination of that allows the body to start to become a fat burner instead of a sugar burner. Why? There's no sugar around. And where does it go and then? Ketosis and you is like the most well magical book, secret, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, ketosis is the most. I think ketosis is the most magical, you know, thing invented in the history of the body. I tell you, like, <laughs> people don't quite. It. I like that. Right? That's it's right. Like, when do you body. I love that you invented ketosis. Why don't you walk us Thank through you, that? Like ketosis. you use the example of a of a car and putting in, you know, regular or premium. That's a fine example. Why don't you elaborate on that, if you would? I think that it's surprising to people. They think, well, you know, how am I, how am I fueling my body? It's like your body's a car. You go to the gas station, right? You've got lots of different choices. And most of us always just choose the cheap gas, which, you know, it's less expensive. So you think, well, I'll go yeah. ahead and fill up with that. And that's kind of like what I say. The cheap gas is like when you eat carbs. Carbs are cheap, rice, pasta, French fries you know, flour, sugar, you buy that. And yes, your car can go, right? We've all fueled our bodies off of sugar forever, it seems like. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's not as efficient. Um, I think that most of us who have suffered with weight problems, we have suffered by lots of horrible ups and downs and just moodiness and um, our blood sugar goes haywire. And our blood sugar, the uh, glycemic index is crazy, right? It's all over the place. And people are surprised by that. It's like you can eat a cookie, a chocolate chip cookie, or a Ritz cracker, and metabolically that will have the same effect in your body. Like you said, it instantly metabolizes into a glucose. And then your body and your car, you're just all over the place. It's very inconsistent. So I suggest switching that up, you know, fueling your body or your car with a different fuel source, a premium fuel source, which is ketones. And ketones are produced when you eat a, a diet more heavily um, focused in the fats. And the fats keep you more even, more energetic, it's more sustainable, and your car can drive a lot more efficiently and, and happier. You're going to feel good. And that's what's important. That that's allows you to stick with this forever. I mean, for seven years, mm-hmm. hello? Who does God, that? Yeah. No one, no one loses weight and keeps it off seven years, especially 140 pounds. <laughs> so if I can do this, and if I can that's explain right. it to people in a way that's funny and relatable and easy exactly. and practical and simple, 
I think, I mean, that's my mission. My goal is to help as many people as possible. They shouldn't feel alone. There is an answer. Um, this is doable, and it's not that hard. And I, I just hope Dirty that's Lazy Keto can story. It's change. A story. Yeah, I mean, there's another option out there, and it, it's doable. It doesn't have to be so crazy strict. But let answer an important question because uh, I know for me, even though I have done number of different approaches as well uh, and also in this direction, I find that even though I have a sweet tooth and I really like sweet things, um, I also just like breads. Pasta, it's okay, but that's not the thing for me. But uh, even um, avocado and olive oil, which is a great, great fat for you know, ketoners, if you will. Um, uh, but I like to have it on bread, and that's a killer. So how did you pass through, Stephanie, the process of letting go of the carbs? And what do you do also for sugar uh, interests, desserts, what have mm-hmm. you? What do you substitute? I think... You know, people always ask, what does the dirty mean and the dirty, lazy keto? And I tell people it's because I play dirty. I break the rules. I'm not going to just do what's perfect out there. If I want to have sugar-free chocolate, sugar-free chocolate chips in my yogurt in the morning or put a sugar-free, you know, syrup on some low-carb pancakes, then I go for it. I think there's a certain way that you can meet your needs. And I talk about this in some of the dirty, lazy keto cookbooks. You can still make a low-carb dessert with sugar-free products yeah. and feel, and not feel like you're doing anything wrong. I mean, why not? Yeah. As long as yeah. you're keeping that carb count low. And it's not that I'm depriving myself. I think that's been the key. You asked how I've been able to, you know, get past those cravings for pizza and popcorn and, and all those deliciousness of the, mm-hmm. low, of the carbs. And I think the trick yeah. is that I don't feel deprived. I feel like I'm enjoying foods that are richer, that are more nourishing. I feel I feel kind of scandalous when I'm having Alfredo sauce. Hello, like Alfredo <laughs> sauce on a pizza crust made with chicken. I mean, you can still enjoy pizza and all of those treats, but do it in a way that's, um, you know, not going to make you feel so gross afterwards. And that does not, and that don't have the carb content that, mm-hmm. you know, there are, Ways. So do you make your own pizza dough that is, you know, carb-free, or what do you do? I have a, a ton of different pizza recipes because we all love pizza, right? But one of my favorites, um, I actually did this on the Today Show, and I made it with Al Roker. And it was a pizza crust using a can of chicken, if you can believe that. Chicken in a wow. can turns into pizza oh. crust. I know, right? And you can even Google that. It was the Today Show with uh, Dirty Lazy Keto, and I'm on there, oh, and I walk fun. you through how to make it. I uh-huh. know, right? But it's amazing. You can make a crust, you know, out of sliced eggplant. You can make it out of a low-carb tortilla. And it's not that difficult to also make it using chicken or cauliflower or broccoli. There's other ways mm-hmm. you can make it. And as, that just cuts your carbs way out. You can still enjoy the Alfredo sauce on top or marinara, a sugar-free marinara. And then top it with all your favorite vegetables and meat, and it tastes mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And we're still like, it's awesome. funny because I used to be able to eat a you know whole pizza or half a pizza, 
And now when I make it with less carbs and more fiber and more fats and more healthy proteins, then I fill myself up and I'm eating a lot less. It's kind of surprising. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think you're doing a wonderful service for people, and I really love hearing about it. It's just a great story, and um, I, I so appreciate your your sharing it with everybody. It's great, you know, and I believe it's really making a difference in a lot of people's lives. Uh, refreshing, renewing our relationship to food and still enjoying every bit of it, but just making a couple of shifts. Uh, can make a huge difference in people's lives. So I just want to thank you so much for the good work you're doing and sharing it with our audience today. Well, you don't have to be perfect to be successful, and your readers are not alone, your listeners are not alone. So I hope they'll go to the website, dirtylazyketo.com, for more information, and they can even sign up for my free daily newsletter. That sounds great. Wonderful. When you talk... You're continuing your conversation about food all day long. So all I love day long. it. Well, I'm That's glad. All I think about. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you think about. Well, I'm glad you took some night. of your time to share it with us and our audience here. We have people all over the world, and you know, Europe, France, UK, Australia, everywhere, Canada, that are tuning in, and I'm sure they'll very much appreciate all that you were sharing today, Stephanie Laska. So keep up the good work and uh, stay dirty and lazy. All right. Thanks for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. Take care of yourself now. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye now. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. She uh, brings a lot of delightfulness to this subject, and we have a lot to learn about how to eat well. And, of course, those of you who listen to this show have heard uh, many people talk about health and wellness and nutrition over the years, and uh, this has uh, really got a beautiful light touch to it that Stephanie brought forward, and I really, really appreciate it. So please know that you can also contact me directly at 212-420-0800 by email mjr at abetterworld.net. Uh, make sure to join our weekly newsletter at abetterworld.tv. It's free. We have a weekly TV show here in New York City called A Better World and radio, of course, uh, Better World that's on at different times throughout the week. So I'm so glad you joined us and uh, your donations and uh, all of that is so appreciated. We are a nonprofit. It is tax deductible and it helps to sustain us on the air always appreciated. We've also got a series of different energy balancing and stress management and coaching services here, so feel free to get in touch and uh, learn more about what we have to offer you. So thanks again, Stephanie Laska, for being our guest today and sharing your experience and your knowledge of your approach to keto and to food and, well, to life itself. Really, really appreciate it. And to all of you, thanks so much for listening. And take this show and send it out to your friends and relatives and uh, let them share in some of the pleasure and some of the joy. It's really wonderful to hear uh, people uh, really enjoying the show. So it's all good for us to hear from you. So please share your comments as well. 
This is Mitchell J. Raven for A Better World, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.